Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now, it's time for a work break. Happy Friday and welcome to HR Work Break. Today, I'm joined by Andrea Ferreira, CHRO at PepsiCo Beverages NA. As one of the largest beverage companies in the U.S., PepsiCo, or PBNA, is responsible for providing consumers with an iconic portfolio of more than 300 beverage choices, including brands like Pepsi, Pepsi Zero Sugar, Gatorade, Bubbly, and Mountain Dew. Andrea, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So recently, PepsiCo launched the program She is Pepsi to recognize their women workers. Andrea, would you mind telling me a little bit more about the program and how She is Pepsi came to be? Absolutely. We are really, really excited about this. She is PepsiCo was actually born last year in our West Division, and the original impetus behind the campaign was to highlight role models for women and continue to try to drive um, the attraction of PepsiCo to women out there that maybe didn't see what was possible. And then we saw the absolute magic that this campaign took on, and we decided to scale it on a much more North America level as celebration as part of Women's Month. And what we've done is We've taken 28 of our top female frontline associates and we photographed them in their workspace. And then we've wrapped our trucks with their photos. And it's one of the most magical things I've ever seen. So instead of seeing, you know, Pepsi or Mountain Dew or Gatorade logo on our trucks, you actually see the smiling faces of these women. And it's such a way to both celebrate their accomplishments and their achievements But I also think really empower women across North America, again, to show what's possible at PepsiCo. And so highlighting your top women workers is so key, especially after the pandemic, we're facing a lot of occupational segregation, or um, in this case, a lot of women having difficulty getting into industries that are traditionally male-dominated. So why do you think this sort of representation, especially in male-dominated industries, is so important? Well, representation matters, first and foremost, right? And for us at PepsiCo, we've always wanted our workforce to represent the communities in which we serve and the consumers in which we serve. And so for us, making sure we have as much diversity as we can across all levels of our organization, we know makes us a better organization and we know we drive better results. And so breaking down those barriers that women can't come into these frontline roles and that they can't do the job is something we felt very, very strongly about. And this campaign has really both enhanced our representation and our attraction, but I think as importantly, called out the phenomenal work that's already being done in a very celebratory way. Yeah. And even though this campaign was launched during Women's History Month, do you have any advice on how to break down those barriers and put effort behind D&I initiatives outside of months that are honoring minorities? That's a really good question. You know, for me, I've always had a belief that it starts with understanding that having diversity of your workforce is really more than a moral imperative. It's a business one, too. So I think organizations that are starting out on this journey, that's a key tenant to sort of get into the culture. Because we realize, right, the best ideas and solutions come by teams from diverse backgrounds and and experiences. And so 
PepsiCo's had this longstanding process of trying to do that. But I think if I was a company that was starting out, for me, it really starts with having that as a tenant in your culture. It needs to be one of your corporate values. Yeah. And beyond this sort of recognition with she is Pepsi, what other ways are you empowering women and other people to fill these frontline roles and other roles within PepsiCo? We do a lot. I mean, I'll, I'll stick to the women because it's Women's History Month. We obviously have a pretty heavy campaign with She is PepsiCo, but we also have a leadership program called um, Aspiring Leadership. And it's for our frontline associates if they want to go into supervisory or managerial roles. And then we have a couple programs that are customized for women specifically. We've got our Transformational Leadership Program. That's actually a six-month engagement that we put our female leaders through that help them build a network, get mentoring, and actually learn how to navigate and lead across an organization our size and scale of PepsiCo. Another one I'd call out is our Pinnacle program, which is really geared towards elevating and developing our female sales professionals. You know, again, tends to be a bit more of a male-dominated space. So getting these women in and giving them the leadership skills and the technical skills to continue to thrive. So those are just a couple examples of programs that we have in place at PepsiCo. And that sort of mentorship and opportunity to grow and develop your leadership skills is huge. So in your personal journey, in your personal career, have you had any role models that have empowered you to reach the position that you are today? Absolutely. I think it's really hard to continue to, to grow in organizations if you don't have people that you look up to and aspire to. I feel really, really blessed. I've been with PepsiCo for 33 years, and I've been so privileged and honored to work with so many CHROs before me. And I think I look across that gamut of leaders, and there are people that have retired that I still stay in touch today, and they still give me the guidance and the direction. You know, sometimes you just need a safe space to go ask that question. And I think having those role models and those unique, special relationships with people is super important. I think for women in particular, as we continue on our journey to have parity in the workforce, knowing what's possible and knowing how other people got there is certainly helpful. It is. And so now after 33 years at PepsiCo, have you sort of stepped into that mentorship role for any of your employees? Absolutely. I hope I've been doing it for a, a while. It's a piece of my job that I love and it's really who I am. Part of why I chose being in human resources is this concept of giving back and watching what other people can do. For me, that mentoring and those connections throughout my career have been very, very important. Yeah, I can totally see that. And so you had mentioned just a minute ago about gender parity and pay equity. So I was wondering what sort of steps organizations can take towards being more transparent about paying people equally. You have to put a, a process in place, first and foremost, to look at it, right? I mean, we've got a very rigorous pay equity review process that PepsiCo put into place where we go through and assess every year. And if we've got issues, we can obviously kind of course correct. But it's something that if you're going to do this, you need to have a very disciplined, rigorous process and you need to do it on a fairly regular cadence. Otherwise, you'll get behind one way or the other. But again, I, I think it also goes back to having the fundamental beliefs and tenets in your culture that these are the stakes in the ground where you're not going to compromise. Yeah. And as much as culture comes from top leadership down, it also comes from the base of your workforce up. 
How have you and PepsiCo kind of created that company culture around gender parity and pay equity? We have a long-standing history, first and foremost. I mean, we, as an organization, were leading back in the 1940s and 50s with bringing in African-American sales forces. We had one of the first women on our board of directors. So I think we come from a place of a long history of leaning into the DEI space. I'd say more recently, what we've tried to do is be a very purposeful and thoughtful in listening to the issues of our associates. And much like many companies, we have a lot of different cohorts into the organization. And so this concept of active and continuous listening is really important so that you understand the issues that people are facing. The one thing I would say that's been interesting, we really started to see this in the pandemic, and we're really trying to activate this now post the pandemic, is the fact that the outside world has blurred into the workplace. Now, you know, supervisors and leaders are trying to help associates process things that are happening outside the walls of PepsiCo. And that is when you think about how to create the most inclusive, safe space. And I mean, say from a psychological safety standpoint, it's making sure that your leaders understand empathy and how to have those conversations with associates. It's really important. And I think companies that figure out how to do this are going to have an absolute point of differentiation from a retention and attraction standpoint. Definitely. Compassionate and emotionally intelligent leadership make a world of difference. And it seems like you guys, on top of your history of kind of having that at the forefront of your company culture, with having mentorship programs that just kind of goes to show it even further. Absolutely. You have to embed that in the organization so that it lives on long after the leadership evolves. Yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. We've talked a lot about PepsiCo in general, and I was kind of wondering what Women's History Month means to you personally, beyond your role at PepsiCo. I think there are three things that come to mind when I think of Women's History Month. I think first and foremost, it's a time to celebrate the women who have paved the way for all of us today. I never lose sight of the things that they did to get us where we are. For me, it's also a time to recognize all the women out there continuing to grow and develop and push and contribute. And then I think the third thing is it shows the generation coming up what's possible and that you can continue to push and you can do greater things than you ever thought you could do. And for me, those reasons to believe are really important. And it's something I pause and think about with this month in particular. That's awesome. And it kind of makes me think about how you had mentioned the way that your personal life and your work life are just getting blurred following the pandemic, whether you're working remotely and people can see you on Zoom and look into your lives. What part of the um, understanding that everyone's lives are like intersectional and, and multifaceted do you think plays into developing D&I initiatives and just a culture of understanding within your company? I think this concept of empathy is really important right now, and it's one we've tried to put a, a heavier focus on the last three years. We've actually built training for our frontline leaders on empathy. We've also rolled out an initiative called the Three C's, and it's something we ask every one of our leaders to espouse, and that's trying to have strong connections with your associates, showing your associates that you care, and making sure people understand their career options and what, as I said, what's possible. And it's a fairly simple construct, but this concept of connection and care are really important. 
I'd say the one thing we saw during the pandemic and again, post the pandemic with some of the insights that we've garnered through organizational health surveys, as well as some roundtables, the needs and wants of our associates have really evolved. You know, historically, it had always been, I want good compensation, I want good benefits, and of course, I want to have a fun job and continue to grow and develop. But now what we're seeing is this concept of flexibility and stability and predictability and having relationships with my peers, that's a trusting relationship, job fulfillment. And we're seeing this at all levels of the organization, especially our front line. These 28 women that we are celebrating with She is PepsiCo, And that takes a different kind of leader in a different kind of environment to be able to provide that, right? You've got to be a lot more purposeful and thoughtful to do that. I think there's been this huge shift following the pandemic where leaders and businesses are really fully becoming aware that their workforce is made up of people at the end of the day, which kind of brings me to my next question, which is that HR is human resources. So what does the human part of that role mean to you? That's a really good question. No one's ever asked me that question before. Really? Yeah. And you would think that they would have, but they haven't. Yeah. For me, it's the art of the how. You know, I think that the human side of it is how do you lead? How do you teach people to make the right trade-offs? How do you truly communicate? How do you do that with empathy and candor and honesty? So for me, the human part is the art of the how. That's really well put. Since this podcast airs on Fridays, my favorite closing question is, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Well, I actually have rescue horses, and they are at a farm about an hour north of where I live. So I am very excited to go up to the farm and spend the weekend with them. So that's my plan. That sounds like such a nice way to spend a spring afternoon and weekend. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And Andrea, thank you again for joining the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Again, I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.